Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Lemon Knife with the song The Hungry and the Hunted. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Hello, Nicole and Gregory. Hello, Carl. Hello, Nicole. How, that was how interesting. Is it's kind of so, yeah. that's, that, so that's not quite country, I don't think. Right? No, no, it's they, not country. It's not. They dubbed themselves a rock band. So. Yeah. I think it's a duo. I think it's a husband and wife duo. I think yeah. the wife plays the bass and sings. Interesting fuzz tone. I immediately thought of this 80s band that I liked. It was a, a trio, I believe, but it was another husband and wife. Terry Bozio played the drums. The band was called Missing Persons. They okay. had a, a hit back in the 80s. And Bozio played with Zappa before that. But it kind of reminded me of that. I, I hope they're trying to do kind of a throwback retro thing because that's what it felt like to me. 
So we got more from them later. I think we even talked to them. Yeah. But cool. but I I have a pretty much a, a belated bone to pick. Uh -oh. oh no, another bone. We haven't had a bone oh, yeah. in a while. But it's belated. It's it's way belated. I didn't want to pay for it to go when it was in the movies. I, I didn't want I didn't want to bother with it. You couldn't rent it until this week. Barbie? Barbie. So wow. finally I I haven't seen it either. I saw Barbie. And I don't get the hype for one. For yeah. one it's for one. It's a ripoff. It, it's <laughs> it's the Matrix meets the Wizard of Oz meets <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. It's all the, they rip all these different kind of genres to do little things, and then they just try to shove these morals down your throat. It's so preachy. It's mm. bull and then at the end, there's a stupid dance thing with Ryan Gosling singing. I'm Kent. It's it's just lame. Well, I can imagine that the production value is pretty incredible. Well, but not even really. It, it was expensive, but yeah. I don't think it, and it, it looked was, expensive, right? Yeah, but, but it was stupid. It, it didn't become anything. It didn't get me in any moment that I that I feel I want to be part of this. It was just one big. You know what it was? It was an SNL skit that ran too long. You know, <laughs> right, it, it, it right, should have been right. like a three minute skit. I get the uh, what they're trying to say about women and men and flipping it, but it just was, and it was preachy, and the script was cliche. I'm sorry, I I, I, I think it's because of because of the Me Too movement. Everyone was afraid to say that it was crap. Well, I, I think that it was said of it that it was the most woke movie ever made. I'm sorry, Nicole. What were you going to say? I was just going to say for once, Carl, your opinion has been one that I've heard multiple times this week for people seeing the movie for the first time. I personally haven't. I'm probably going to watch it this weekend, but, but I, your your opinion resonates with a lot of people I know. You know was the best part of it? I like the Billie Eilish song in it. What was that made for? Other than that, it was just stupid. I'm trying to pinpoint when I lost faith in Hollywood, when I lost faith that they would take iconic ideas or or redo things or or reimagine films or stories that used to be beloved right uh when did the, when did i start losing faith that they could make a good picture out of something that had been done before i was gonna say speaking of movies that are coming out though that actually have a decent music following to them Trolls uh, Band Together comes out this Friday, and I'm going to take my daughter next Saturday to see it, so my review will be imminent. It's kind of brain. The movies, you know what? You know what? It's kind of Thorazine for the... Uh... Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say this, but movies are over. They're over. <laughs> no, I don't think they're over. I'm going to see the Nashville's Ballet's Nutcracker in December. Are you going back to the movie theater? Oh, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. I've been to the movie theater. You know, I haven't seen, I saw Oppenheimer. That was just like one long book report. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carl, what is the last movie that you saw that had a positive impact on your life experience? Well, it hasn't been in the movies. I like these little slice life movies. You know what I'm going to see now? I'm going to see this movie called The Holdovers this weekend. We bought tickets with Paul Giamatti. It's from the guys who made Sideways. Yeah, that. I mean, Paul Giamatti's a I genius. I like these too. little slice of life, yeah. you know, movies that are just yeah. about acting and a story and a script, you know, with dialogue, not these stupid, over the top CGI. Ridiculous. It looks like a remake, kind of a remake of Mr. Holland's Opus or one of those things, you know. Yeah. 
I do have a, a little uh, binge watching uh, series that I'm into right now, and that's rare for me. What? Uh, it's called The Gilded Age. Have you seen? Oh, that? I love The Gilded Age. Uh, oh, I look forward been, to it every I've Sunday. Really <laughs> been into it. I've really been into it. I think the dialogue and the actors that they cast and the yeah. the, the quip between them. Uh, I even got my husband to watch it. Exactly. Exactly. Are y'all familiar with Tubi? T U B I. Is it like a video th- streaming? It's like one of the video channels, mm-hmm. you know, streaming video channels. Greg finds the weirdest, <laughs> most bizarre streaming, streaming platform. <laughs> no, that's what, no, that's you know, you know what we have we have done uh, over the last couple weekends as we're working. Like on prime the house. time on that on that thing is like Andy Griffith, the banana, <laughs> the banana splits. No, we we have been watching the entire series, and we're up to the fourth one of the airport movies. Airport, Ugh. airport, 1972, airport, 1975. I get it, I get it. Oh, it is so good. It's so schmaltzy. So what's the so- next one? The Police Academy series? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Police Academy and airport at one time. Yeah. I hate everything we're talking about. If you want, we can actually get back to maybe talking about things going on in the music industry, if that's what you would uh, like to do. Is there right. a music industry? The music industry doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. So what's I going mean, on? What's going so on? So I don't know if you saw this, Greg, but in the news this week, BMI apparently has another private company in that yep. they've been in talks with that has been potentially buying them out for $2.1 billion. Yep. They're just getting it. They've become public about the idea that they want to be private. That's all BMI is worth, $2.1 Yeah, well, we talked about that before. Mm -hmm. The idea is that I think they've undervalued the damn thing. But who am I to say? I mean, I only spent 30 years of my life working in that business. It's interesting and intriguing that they're going to conduct a certain amount of this opening in the public, you know, and having more and more suitors come to the table. That's usually not the way it's done. Usually, you know, you won't get in late on something like that because you know you're paying a premium if you want to try to take it from somebody else. But the one thing that I did see a couple of weeks back about the music industry that I was actually heartened to see, and that is that people were casting shade on DistroKid for doing a business relationship with TikTok. And yes, I did I see have, that. Carl, are you playing the guitar right now? I like it. Keep that. <laughs> you know, can, can you hear the can you hear guitar? Yes. Yeah, it's great. From what you're talking about, I have this song I haven't finished, and I gotta finish it. And basically, the chorus is this: The world is over. <laughs> If you haven't noticed yet, the world is over. It's taking its last breath. The world is it's tired, it's bored, it's broken. Oh, that's just will bring everybody together. That's it's a really on good its one. Knees. Should sing it at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> because it's true. Everything is done. Speaking of that, this podcast is crashing and burning. <laughs> Let's play some more music or do something. Yes. All right. So we're going to play another single by Lemon Knife called Quarterly Pursuit. But before that, we're going to hear from our sponsor, which is Nash in Tune. In this episode, we are featuring a local Nashville company called Nash in Tune. Nash in Tune is the most exciting country site to get you in tune with new music, fun events, and the Nashville life. 
For more information, you can go to their website, which is nashintune.com. That is N-A-S-H-I-N-T-U-N-E.com. Pursuit by Lemon Knife, and I think it is time for us to ask them our questions of the week. The most professional part of this podcast yes. is that music. Right? So we ask these people questions, is that it? We do. We ask them questions and then they give us their answers. That's how this works. So I'm curious, so what did we ask these people? <laughs> well, Carl, <laughs> the first question that we asked them and to, to tell us a little bit about themselves. And they answered us? They I think so. Why don't, you, why don't you roll the tape? <laughs> okay. <laughs> roll the tape. I like that. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Mia. And we're Lemon Knife, a husband-wife rock duo from Chicago. At the core, we're a hard rock group, but we have some classic rock influences, some punk energy, and literate lyrics on you know all sorts of stuff. I play drums, and I write the lyrics and do some punk vocals. I do distorted bass and melodic vocals. Along with playing guitar, keyboard, mandolin... And what was the last one, Mia? Uh, Zither. Oh, yes, Zither. 
<laughs> we formed the band a few months after we started dating. We started practicing together and found that the distorted bass plus drums on their own were enough for a fantastic two-piece kind of sound. So we started writing some songs and playing some shows. Yeah, about 50, uh, more than that now. We've played things like Cubby Bear and Reggie's and Beat Kitchen. Uh, we've also played on the back of a pickup truck. And we've done a DIY show that devolved into a nude party in which we did not participate. <laughs> yeah, highlights and lowlights. Yes. Um, we've written a lot of different sounding songs. You know, we've experimented with kind of Southern rock, with more uh, psychedelic things alongside our core kind of hard rock and punk. So, yeah, give us uh, our, give our songs a listen and thanks for tuning in. Well, I mean, all all of the years that I've been around rock and roll, I mean, one thing that they need to learn quickly, and that's the idea that when you combine fuzz, box, bass, and drums, it does lead to nudity. <laughs> a lot. It's an interesting so concept. They're, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to get used to that. That's right. Any of the uh, what's it called the uh, the orgies I've been to always started with fuzz, box, bass, and. And, and <laughs> yeah, that's exactly so, right. So, um, yeah. and I think so. I think there's another question we asked them, right? There yeah. is. There's one more question we asked them, and it's, it's amazing. Just, it's amazing how we do this. I right? know. Yeah. It's what music artists have inspired their career so far. Hi, we're Lemon Knife. We're going to talk about some of our influences. So, my favorite band in the world is Queen, and they were big on this versatility and general eclectic nature. They were willing to try anything with varying degrees of results. So am I then. Uh, in terms of a drummer, uh, Dave Grohl, and especially the drumming he did on Queens of the Stone Age and them Crooked Vultures albums with just this big thunderous sound, great, really well-composed drum parts really inspired me. In terms of bass, John Entwistle was a gigantic influence. His crazy ideas and all the rhythm section of The Who really just did it in. In terms of lyrics... Warren Zevon and his kind of like cynical take on things, but also is a bit his willingness to kind of write about all sorts of oddball offbeat topics has uh, been a big influence for me. There are these gigantic distorted riffs on both guitar and bass and muse. And that really did a lot along with just the overarching melodrama of all of the music, which uh, shows itself in various ways. And from Frank Turner and crazy arm from both of them, I got kind of like this energizing, political energy, energizing energy. Obviously, I didn't get a, a word-using skill good from them, uh, but just the way that they're, you know, they're angry, they want to change things, but they're also inspired and hopeful about the future. So thanks for tuning in. So no um, Taylor Swift at Sheeran, huh? No. <laughs> Did he say I didn't get good? Uh, I didn't get word using well, he was, skills. He was, yeah. good. he was making. I thought that was that was great. He that was, was making awesome. fun. Of I li- also liked how they handled that. They kind of went back and forth. They kind of it was like ping pong, right? So, uh, and those are good influences. I mean, anytime somebody says to me they're a Warren Zevon fan, I mean, yeah, I didn't get any better than that. There you go, being pompous. Warren Zevon, it's, mm-hmm. it's not Warren Zevon. It's Warren Zevon. So why are you saying it? <laughs> so why are you saying it differently? So you know it the right way. Warren, <laughs> Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon, or, or it could be Warren Zevon. One of those guys who go like Van Gogh. Van Gogh. <laughs> That's right. Come on. You don't know anything about that Van Gogh. <laughs> oh man. Well, cool. Well, you know, like you know. 
the more the merrier. Just keep making music, you know, as as Rome exactly, as Rome yeah. burns. And keep being more and more and more experimental because that that's the key. That's how you find something that's different. You know, I mean, just I want you know going. what? I'm gonna start a new band. Only Wawa guitar. Only Wawa. Right. Everything is Wawa, Wawa bass, and Wawa, bongos, and bongos. One bongo. So is it going to be called the Wawa Zombies instead of the Wombat Zombies? The Bongo Wawas. I don't know, man. <laughs> the Bongo Wawas. Or the the instead of the Boogaloo Bicycle Benders, it's the Wawa Bicycle Benders. The Wawa Bongo. We'll do a hug. I, I, I don't even know. I just want to shoot myself. So what are we doing here? Are we, are we still talking or what? <laughs> I think it's time to get on out of this episode. I think probably. we've worn ourselves out this oh, episode. Oh man, uh, should we just get? I uh, stop this podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, baby Carla, oh, she's back. Oh boy, do I hate that. Oh, All right, well. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we have one more song by Lemon Knife called Dirty Life and Times of a Gun. Make sure that you listen to our repeat episodes that'll happen next week during Thanksgiving as we will not have a new episode while we enjoy oh. our time to be thankful with our family. But we are very thankful for you as listeners. Carl, will you be wrangling one of the balloons at the uh, parade as you always do? <laughs> right. I think, I'm doing, I think I'm doing Snoopy's foot. <laughs> For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving if we don't talk to you before then. in some Caitlin Taps drawer She bought me on sale for $12.99 some faceless Southwest megastore She thought that she was 2007's Annie Oakley brandishing me on her waist that no guns allowed Chipotle She liked to see the fear on the young liberal faces but she lacked the guts or aim to draw it 30 paces One day she got bored and sold me to a pawn shop Three weeks later, a man comes in He owes me with his sunken brown eyes He's shaky and skinny and it smells like gin He takes me back to a trailer down by the dry creek Hides me in a pile, I stacked up clothes that reek I hear him on the phone, talking to some woman Please just come in Well, 
Wednesday night twitching and trying to sleep Speaking of Melinda with so much venom She knocked on the trailer door at 10.57 Middle-aged, done up in teal lace and denim She walks in, he grabs me from beneath the wrinkled coat He shoots her twice and holds the gun up to his beaten throat That woman can't 